dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is a podcast for firefighters. We talk about everything that involves real-life situations, whether it's at the station, it's at your house, relationships, promotions, you name it, we talk about it. Some of the things that we discuss might be a little controversial, but that's part of real life. So that's what we're going to talk about. want to welcome everybody back, kind of dive straight into what I wanted to talk about this week. On last week's episode, I talked a lot about trust and how really to develop and, and be a good leader and build a good crew and and be a, build a winning team uh, in the fire service and really in all aspects of your life, a huge portion of that is having trust. The people around you being able to trust you, you being able to trust them, knowing that when they say that they're going to do something, that they do it. If they say something didn't happen, then you can trust them. You know, it, there's a million different variations of that but bottom line what it comes down to is is the the solid foundation of trust knowing that the people that you're talking to and that you you yourself are conducting yourself are conducting business in a trustworthy manner and you know having a reputation as somebody that you do what you say you shoot people straight you let you know you let people know the absolute truth and factual information whether it hurts their feelings or not whether, you know, it makes it, if you're a leader, it may make it where people don't like you. You may have to have that level of trust built up and that trust ends up developing into an actual love and admiration and uh, respect and everything that goes along with that instead of just right out the gate trying to go for people, you know, to like you and think that you're cool, especially when it comes to being an officer, everything in, in trying to run a crew. You know, you can be that cool captain and cover for the guys every time they screw up or going along with some of the crap that that happens, but that doesn't necessarily make you trustworthy. That doesn't make you a good leader. That just means that it makes you a buddy, a pal, cool one. But when it comes to people's lives being on the line, when it comes to citizens' lives being on the line, being the cool guy is not always the best. I thoroughly believe in that. I think that trust is something in the fire service at a lot of different ranks that we're missing. I've had several of you contact me over the last week. Some of you made posts on the uh, on the Facebook group saying that that this last episode talking about trust and and chief chief officers or leaders within your department that things are hitting home for you. Things are starting to click. Uh, some of the examples that I give, you're relating to them in some fashion or another, and that's very important. That's that's really what my goal is. It's not, you know, to get on and, and think that every every fire chief out there is terrible or something like that. But if it's if it's one little piece of something that you can incorporate to yourself or you can put in your toolbox and save for a later date when you're you're that officer or you're that chief and you can use it as as an example of something not to do, or if it's, you know, something that you truly believe in, you think that I'm on the right track, put it in your toolbox and, and apply it to yourself, whether uh, you know, it's in your personal life or in your fire career. Um, that's really my goal. We're we're really getting a lot of awesome feedback on that. You know, with this series, I've been talking about leadership the last few episodes, and I encourage you all to go back and listen and, and kind of keep up with where I where I am. What I'm I'm really trying to do is kind of build a foundation, and I'm going 
part by part, series by series of the, uh, of the things throughout these episodes that I feel is kind of important and trying to build it step by step at a real baseline and a real foundation for people to understand kind of where I'm coming from. And then, you know, really get things down to a simple level where it's not so confusing. It's not like you're picking up a, you know, thick ass textbook and trying to memorize all the different leadership types that some, you know, academic or whatever. I mean, that's great information. A lot of us have to read that, you know, your officer one, officer two, all the different brand name books. You got to take those and memorize all that stuff. And, and then try to take a test to get a certification. But a lot of this stuff, if you'll really break it down to a to a basic level, a simple level like I'm, I'm trying to do for y'all, then when you do go to read those books, or if you already have, it makes it where maybe you can uh, put two and two together and it can really line things up where they're using technical terms or you know academic terms for stuff. And I'm just using basic terminology, and so it'll help you kind of relate and be able to connect those dots and, and you know, help you out in the future. That's, uh, that's my goal, and that's really what I'm wanting to do. So, you know, for those of you that are new listeners, um, welcome. I, uh, I'm greatly appreciative to have you here. The growth throughout the Facebook page, throughout the listenership on all the different podcast platforms is is just absolutely extraordinary. Um, my team and I talked about it a lot this week. We've seen a lot of massive growth over the last few weeks. Really humbled in the fact that y'all take time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. That is very important, and I want to be a good steward of everybody's time, and I want to offer very positive and very real examples throughout my experiences in my career and my personal life to allow you know all of you to be able to build build upon that and speed up the learning curve. Some of this stuff has taken me 15 plus years, almost 15 years in the fire service or longer than that. If I'm talking about actual personal stuff, when it comes to relationships or, you know, marriage and fatherhood and all these different things that I've experienced for some of you younger folks that we have some listeners, you know, they're, they're 19, 20, younger twenties. Uh, at 21 years old, I wish somebody would have told me some of this stuff. Or if they did, they were being a smartass about it. And smartass 21-year-old me that was invincible, 10-foot tall, and bulletproof, the last thing I was going to listen to was some smartass old head. So I'm hoping that my my offering my experiences and my information that, that I have to give, it, it really shortens the learning curve for a lot of you. And allows you to, you know, speed up, speed up the process of learning some of these hard lessons throughout your career and whatnot. So I just really want to thank y'all for coming for the new listeners. I have really a, a broad array of things that I cover on this show. I encourage everybody to go back and listen to all the episodes uh, where I, I've kind of I've kind of bounced around a little bit and talked and hit on some different topics throughout that time period. Uh, this podcast has been up for about six months, and so. I've kind of hit some hot topics, but there's some things that I, I know I need to dive deeper in. And so that's really what I'm doing right now with this whole leadership series is, is diving in super deep. I do have some, uh, you know, some more guests lined up and everything. I, I'm going through some stuff right now in my career that basically scheduling. I had some things lined up for uh, guests to come on. Anyways, I've had I have guests lined up to come on the show. I know a lot of you really enjoyed the uh, the episodes with with Captain RJ Nip. I was able to interview him. We were able to talk about a lot of his personal struggles, a lot of his uh, career highlights and stuff like that. And a lot of you have gotten a lot of value out of that. And um, so I do have more guests lined up. That's coming. 
basically I'm getting essentially my career and my life in order. I've hit a couple of speed bumps in the last couple months that I'm going to get into shortly in, in this episode more than likely. And so it's basically created some, some scheduling conflicts as far as guests is long story short on that. But, um, going on with the whole trust aspect, I'm going to elaborate a whole lot more on this episode and try to give some, some more clarity, possibly give you some ideas of, of what you could possibly be doing to build your reputation as a trustworthy individual and things that you can do to help yourself out. So one thing that firefighters have where no other careers besides law enforcement and the military and a small minority at this point of um, the healthcare industry is we have an OTHA office. We have a, a code of honor that you take. You know, some of us took it graduating fire academy. You take it when you hire on at fire departments. I talked on a previous episode how I've personally witnessed how a lot of departments have taken it taking it away they're not they're not doing the oath of office they're not doing your firefighter oath where you you know you swear to the city and to the citizens and to your fellow firefighters that basically you know there's a lot of different variations but essentially you will do everything in your power as a firefighter to be a good steward of the badge that you wear to take care of the citizens and to take care of each other that's kind of the general concept now every city kind of you know puts in different things that's built around their tradition and I think that that's, that's badass. That is truly phenomenal. I think that every department should come up with their variation of the firefighter oath. I think that that is missing greatly at a lot of places. And it's caused a lot of problems because, as we talked about before, you know, people making terrible decisions, people being into, into certain things for themselves. While an oath of office is it's just words coming out of your mouth. You know, you're raising your right hand and you're you're swearing to perform your duties. It is just words, but for people that truly believe in being a firefighter for the right reasons, those words will forever echo in your heart and in your brain. And you know that every day that you wake up, every day you go to work, that's what you're there to do. You're not there to get a check. You know, that's, uh, of course, a huge... <laughs> Huge contributing factor to going to work, naturally, because we all need money. But you're there to to provide the service to the citizens that you swore that you would. But when it comes to the oath, that's essentially what what it comes down to is you you know you're swearing your allegiance to the city. You're swearing that you will give your life, risk injury, everything encompassing around that in order to protect the citizens, protect their property, and to protect your fellow firefighters. That's the oath that you take as a firefighter. Now, the military, you know, it's the same thing. You're there to, you know, defend the Constitution, defend the country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We've all heard that stuff, and and that's highly important, and that and that's all part of it. So that means that your entire job and your entire existence is wrapped around that. That is what... Your guiding principles, your code as as a human, you know, man, woman, it doesn't matter. Um, that is what you are there to perform. That's your compass. Something I got to thinking about when it comes to the fire service, when it comes to us as individuals, 
there's a lot of people out there that don't have, through no fault of their own, they weren't raised that way, whatever, they don't have necessarily a, a code or principles for themselves. And what that, what that means, to shorten that down a little bit and simplify it, is a lot of people base their decisions in life on either Christianity, things that their parents taught them growing up, things that maybe their teachers taught them growing up, things that they read in books, all those different things. And you you mold all those different ideas that you truly believe in, and you, you write a code for yourself. You create things that are acceptable for you and not acceptable for you. You, you create boundaries for your life, and those can encompass everything from jobs. That can encompass relationships financial decisions it doesn't matter every aspect in your life is guided upon by those principles that you live by that's truly how you can be successful that's truly how you can point your life in a direction in which you know you might have hard times there's a lot of ups and downs there's uncertainties there's things that you're not able to truly understand in the time but you know that if you have these boundaries set and anything that violates those boundaries or anything that asks you to violate those boundaries, you're not going to do it and you're going to stick to to who you are so that you go home at night and you know you made the right decision. I talk a lot about, I make memes on, on of course, on Facebook and everything. I talk a lot about, about doing right and making the right decisions and having integrity. Well, that integrity is truly built around what your boundaries and what your code and principles are in your life. Um, mine come from the things my parents taught me. My parents taught me right from wrong at a very young age. You know, do unto others as you, you know, wish to be done to you. The Ten Commandments from the Bible. Those are all things that I mold my life around and I don't violate those things. Now, have I screwed up, you know, throughout my life? Have I made bad choices? Have I have I lied? Have I done this? Have, yes, absolutely. I've made mistakes. I've done things that that weren't within those boundaries, but I felt guilty about it. I knew it was wrong, maybe not immediately, but after the fact, my conscience was telling me, hey, that was a bad choice. Now, as a younger person, I do like what a lot of other younger people do. I just ignore it and I go on because I'm doing whatever's fun at the time, whether it's you know bad decisions in relationships, whether it's you're out for doing whatever's fun at the moment and you're not thinking necessarily about the long-term repercussions about what you're doing and that's normal we all go through that i i'm just uh i hate that a lot of situations in modern times decisions that we made as a teenager in high school whatever they haunt you forever it's it's almost like we've become a society where we're not a accepting of people growing and maturing and and accepting responsibility for what they did uh, instead, we want to basically condemn them forever and bring it up all the time about, oh, well, you remember when you made this decision 10 years ago, and now we gotta, you got to hear about the shit every day for the rest of your life. Certain things we should be forgiving in. Now, there, of course, I'm not getting into the, some of the you know heinous, heinous crimes that are out there that that that's a complete other conversation. I'm sure most of you know the kind of things that I'm talking about. That's not what I'm addressing, but I'm talking about your small things that, you know, necessarily weren't the right decisions. What we all really need to do and everyone needs to do from, from building into this, this leadership series that I'm running is sit down with yourself 
and write out things that are important to you. Write out boundaries that are important to you of lines that cannot be crossed. Things that things that make you feel, you know, uncomfortable, that make you feel guilty, you know that they're wrong. Things that you just flat ass won't accept. I mean, you can kind of put them in different tiers if you want to. Things where maybe maybe you can be a little flexible if you're, you know, in in a marriage, in a relationship, and there's things that that you don't necessarily like, but it's not absolute deal breakers. You know, if your significant other leaves socks on the floor, I wouldn't necessarily consider that a boundary that I would say, well, I'm going to end the relationship if they leave a sock on the floor. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying they cheat on me. We're done. If they steal from me, we're done. Things like that, that's things that you really need to evaluate and establish in your own mind and in your own heart. And by doing that, that also builds your character to know uh, things that you would do to other people. So like for me, I can't stand the lying, sneaky, just deceptive shit. Uh, I can't, I can't stand that. I have, you know, a history of having to deal with that stuff in relationships and I'm guilty of some of it myself. And so throughout my, my maturing and my growing up, I've realized that that's a, that's a hard line for me. I'm not going to be in any kind of relationship, whether it's in a professional relationship or an intimate relationship or anything with someone that'll lie, chill, cheat, sneak, all those kind of things. I'm sure all of you have felt what that feels like. A lot of you have possibly done it, like myself. Uh, and you know, like, it's not a good thing. It did the bottom line at the end of the day that that never ends well. Truths always come to light. You can lie as much as you want to, you can try to cover shit up as much as you want to, but at the end of the day, it always shakes out. Everything comes out in the wash, and then you're left sitting there. Like, what do I do next? You know, it could completely ruin lives. So for me, that's a hard line. Uh, like I said on the last episode, that's a line in the sand. I take that from uh, Colonel William Travis from the Alamo. I'm from Texas, very proud Texan. He is noted have taken his sword out whenever they were completely surrounded by the Mexican army and basically were all at the point of, of death. Completely outnumbered, 300 Texans surrounding the Alamo by thousands of Santa Ana's army. Okay, Santa Ana extended an invitation for at basically at the last moment, anybody that was wanting to leave and abandon the cause could do so and he would let them go. But everybody else, that was their ass. Well, of course, uh, William Travis takes his sword out, draws a line in the sand. You can see it. It's, it's marked in front of the Alamo to this day. It's gold, like in, in gold laced. It's, it's a very cool, very cool history for those of us from Texas. Uh, it's something to be extremely proud of. But for me, that is a true line in my life. That is a, you talk about things that shape who you are as a person. The history of Texas is something that has shaped me throughout my entire life. Most of you that might have me on my personal personal page on Facebook, I've had the Alamo as my little cover photo on, on my Facebook for years. That's very important history to me, but that's one of those things about the Alamo and about what those Texans did to grant us the ability to live in this great area and to have the freedoms and the pride and the respect and the honor of being a you know a native born Texan. We do walk a little taller. We are a little different than than other aspects of of the country and of the world. Uh, I mean, a lot of Texans will say they're from Texas before they'll say they're from the United States. That's just kind of how it goes. But we come from that history. 
we come from a history of 300 men that literally a line was drawn in the sand and they had to walk across that line. And when they stepped across that line, that meant death. That meant we are winning this battle or we're going to fucking die. There is no escape at this point. There's no cop-outs. There's no blaming anybody else. There's You're dead. And when you're looking at an army of thousands, that's certain death. And that's what we come from. That's what I come from. I pride myself in that. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people find it kind of hard being around me sometimes until they get to know me. They may think that I'm a little intimidating. I'm a little little passionate, a little intense at, about certain things. But that's truly why, because there's things in my life that when it comes to integrity and and those are my boundaries, that's the stuff that I draw on. And that's why I am the way that I am is because of that history and that love of what I come from that I apply to the, all the aspects of my life. Now, that may not be everybody's cup of tea, and I understand that. A lot of people are different, but what that, that freedom that that gives me is the ability to come home at night, face my wife, face my kids, and I know that at no point throughout my day did I compromise myself for anyone. Did I, I never crossed a line of integrity to suit someone else's needs, if that makes sense. And I think that if everybody, I'm not saying you have to be to that level. I'm not saying that you have to be to that extreme. But if you sit down with yourself and you sit, you know, you're trying to kind of figure out how is it that I become trustworthy? How is it that I present myself in a manner in which I'm trusting? Well, setting boundaries for yourself of how you will conduct yourself and then what you will accept from others, whether it's in the fire service or not, whether it's in your station or not, it's your friends relationships, whatever, if you'll set those boundaries, that allows you a lot of freedom because the people around you will know what's what's acceptable and you'll know what's acceptable. And it's you'll have people that kind of test you, but bottom line is that's things that you can control in your life that will give you freedom in the end because it, it, it takes away the level of chaos and uncertainty in your life. This is kind of off subject a little bit, but a lot of what I feel that a lot of first responders and military and everything like that, why we have such a mental health crisis throughout all the the different uh, branches and aspects of what we do is because majority of our life we live in chaos, Uh, whether it's at the stations, whether it's our schedules, whether it's lack of sleep, all that stuff, finances, all those different aspects of being especially like a first responder Every aspect of our life is truly encompassed with chaos. It's some form or another. And so that gives us no control over a lot of things. And with that, that's what I think contributes to a lot of mental health issues because it creates the anxiety. The anxiety leads to the depression through you know lack of sleep or the, the stress of anxiety causes you to eat bad. I mean, there's just a million other things that it all stair steps and domino effects into a million different things. And, of course, I'm sure everyone has felt some degree of that or another. But that's really, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a mental health professional or anything like that. But that's kind of something that I've developed to understand throughout my career is the more that I set boundaries for myself and the more I have control over myself and the things I'm involved in, everything like that, the whole world, 
you know, you can have one of those shifts where you're running 20 fucking calls and the whole world around you is coming to an end. You get back to the station, you try to take your gear off, you pop another call, you're going, 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 going. And it doesn't have the toll on you as it does whenever you're just in complete haywire mode. So that's some, that's another aspect of this setting boundaries that you can kind of relate to and hopefully apply it to some portion of your life. In the tradition of this being the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast, I derive a lot from my history in in and around, you know, essentially the western western lifestyle, riding horses, working cows, going to rodeos, taking part, you know, riding road, all all the stuff that we do as a family and I grew up doing growing up in in rural East Texas. That's all things that that basically built my life and built who I am, built my boundaries. Well, one thing that that cowboys are known for throughout basically all of history is cowboys were true to their word. All that 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 meant anything to them was their word. If they shook your hand and they said they were going to do something, then they did it. There there was no, you know, unless they truly died trying there was no way that they weren't going to honor the promise or the agreement that they they gave you. Throughout history, different different aspects uh, of society have taken place, and and the Western culture has had its ebbs and flows. It's you know right now it's in a huge popular. Everybody wants to be a cowboy right now because of Yellowstone and all these other series that are on TV, and, and the Western world is really popular. The NFR had a huge turnout this year. Houston Rodeo had a huge turnout this year. We're seeing the population of fans surrounding the cowboy world is through the roof. Well, something that people it's it's great. I think it's a it's an amazing it's an amazing thing. I know for me personally and, and my family, when we go to these rodeos, because there's a lot more people involved, the prize money is higher. So when you know the kids or the wife or something win, then of course the money's better. And hey, that's good for me because it's a bigger check that gets brought home. So I'm all about that. I'm all about people getting involved in this culture and this lifestyle. But one thing that you know we kind of joke about amongst our close friends in that rodeo world is when you do have people coming in, they they need to understand that there's a code of honor that goes along with with rodeo world. Shit like the lying, stealing, cheating, all that shit doesn't fly that's not acceptable behavior at all amongst that culture of people which is something that i love i truly resonate with that you know you go to these rodeos and you have your kids there you don't have to worry about things happening that shouldn't be happening because everyone that is there has a level of honor and understands like it's a it's essentially it's a village, you know, everybody's watching out for everybody's kids. Everybody is like, hey, you know, that's that's his kid. She needs to be over there. You know, she shouldn't be doing this, that, or the other. Just using an example. But but people in that culture, it's not like whenever some of us go to Walmart, you go to Walmart and you whip your kid because they're acting a damn fool, and some crazy bitch in the line says, you shouldn't be whipping your kids. No, when it comes to rodeo world and cowboy world, somebody else might whip your kid if your kid's out of line. Because it takes a village to raise these children and everybody needs to walk the line and and kids need to know that there's right and wrong. And everybody encompasses that and everybody takes part in that. It's not this dog-eat-dog, everybody out for themselves. Like in the rodeo world, you truly want your competitors to do their absolute best. You want your competition to win. 
because your competition wants you to win. Everybody is cheering everybody on, and and it's just it's an amazing culture, and I'm proud to be part of it. And it all comes from where the history of the Western world, you know, comes from. Then it's just like being a Texan when you have those levels of tradition and history and how you got there. Two hundred years ago, when Cowboys were were doing these cow drives and all the stuff that these movies and shit are all based on, that was hard ass work. You're talking about eighteen hour days on horseback, staying up at night, having to watch cows. Uh, then whenever you get to where you're going, you're sorting cows. When it comes calving season, you're working them, you're branding them. I mean, it is a it is a labor intensive, essentially the same level of work like you're doing when you're at a fire scene. It's like that all day long. So there's no time for the bullshit. There's no time for the lying and the snaking and all this stuff. Like, you have what you have and that's it. Your reputation of being a hard worker, trustworthy, and loyal is the only thing you have that keeps you a job and the only thing that gets you a job when you get where you're going. There is none of this shit like we have going on right now with a civil service fucking test. It was 100% off. You got a job off of what your name was and how hard you worked and if you were trustworthy and loyal. So that's why there was such a strict code. Because if you violate that code, you're out of work. And that's why people turn to being outlaws. Because, you know, they were blackballed from working in, in the cowboy industry. They were blackballed from being in the cattle industry. Because they did something, they stole, whatever. And now they're on the run. They broke laws. So now they're an outlaw. And they're shunned from the culture and the society that they know. And one thing that uh, you know that's that's very prevalent in that. I looked this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back up because I thought it was pretty cool. You know, there's a lot of buzzwords and and things like that when it comes to to the cowboy culture. And since this is you know third alarm cowboys, I really the reason I named this platform this and this movement this is because that's of course. You know my lifestyle that I'm around uh, and that I you know take part in every day. Uh, that's important to me. But really, what it comes down to is you know for third alarm, a third alarm fire is a badass fire. Uh, where I come from, that's really bad. I know bigger cities and everything. Y'all might pull a three alarm on on like an apartment fire, but for me, if it's third alarm, that's that is world ending because. That never gets pulled all the time. So that's really a top-tier badass fire. So that's why I kind of come from that. And then Cowboys, because I really wanted to push a platform of education and everything to make people better. And as far as, in my opinion, the best people on this planet and in this country are Cowboys. I think that they are the most honor and integrity-driven individuals in today's society that's just my opinion. You don't have to agree, but that's what I feel. So that's that's where really the name came from. That's where I, my team and I talked about it for a couple months. And everybody's like, well, just call it that, man. That's <laughs> that's what you are, so call it that. And so I, I looked this up the other day because I thought it was kind of cool. And I'm going to share it with you. I'm just going to read it. Of what the code of a cowboy is. This comes from, I looked it up. It's National Day of the Cowboy. I mean, it's just a, just a website. But uh, it everything that I, I read in here in this code, as far as for trying to build boundaries for yourself, to try to build a code and principles for yourself, these are, are very good examples of, of things that I personally live by. They're part of my, my code that I live by, my principles with my family and my career and everything like that. So 
it breaks it down simple, but basically I'll read it to you. So it says, number one, live each day with honesty and courage. Number two, take pride in your work and always do your best. Number three, stay curious, study hard, and learn all you can. Number four, do what has to be done and finish what you start. Number five, be tough but fair. Six, when you make a promise, keep it. Seven, be clean in thought, word, deed, and dress. That goes along great with the fire service, with your professionalism. Number eight, practice tolerance and understanding of others. Number nine, be willing to stand up for what's right. And number 10, be excellent. Be an excellent steward of the land and its animals. Of course, that's obviously related to cowboys, but that's, that's related to the fire service as well. If you take that and say, be an excellent steward of your community and its property, that goes along great with that too. So um, I'm probably going to post that, take a screenshot of this and post it on, on the group and on the Facebook so that you know some of you that want to copy it down and everything. But if you, you break those things down, they fit hand in hand with the fire service as well. You know, you've got to critique a little bit of words and whatnot to make it fit exactly, you know, for maybe your district or your department. But that's a really good baseline of things to do. You know, stay curious, study hard, and learn all you can. That's an everyday process as a firefighter. That's that's really what you want to strive to do. You know, we preach all the time, train, train, train. Well, there you go. Take pride in your work. Be proud of where you come from. Be proud of the badge you wear and, and the, the patch on your arm. Be proud of that. And live each day with honesty and courage, which is something that I I truly believe in. I believe in in honesty to a core. I believe that that's truly what the fire service is missing. And I believe the fire service is missing the courage to stand up for honesty, to stand up for what's right. And right here, you know, number nine, be willing to stand up for what's right. Those things are absolute guiding principles for me in my life and this movement as third alarm cowboys and it should be this this really you can critique it however you want to but this shit should be hung up in every fire station and people should abide by it they're very basic they're easy to understand it's not a bunch of fancy word it's not a bunch of legal legal jargon and, and everything where you can get all mixed up in or like reading a book a textbook on all these different leaderships and everything that's simple everybody knows what those words mean you don't have to take them out of context. It breaks it down. And and I think that that's, that's pretty cool, and it's, um, it's simple. Like I've said a million times, I'm all about simple. But like I said, you know, set boundaries for yourself that, you know, whether it comes to money, rank, power, whatever, it, it, you know, I'm talking about the fire service here. Set those boundaries that no matter what you do, or what someone else does, offers you whatever, you, you won't violate those boundaries. It gives you freedom. It gives you the respect of yourself. And it really is a huge weight off your shoulders. I'm going to give you all a, a couple examples here of, of personal things where uh, I'm going to start by, by something that happened a, oh, a long time ago, or I say a long time ago, a couple years ago, and then I'll give you a very recent example. So a couple years ago, I know you, you've heard me talk about chiefs and stuff that, that promote, put themselves in positions where their honor and their integrity can be completely compromised because they have to keep a job. And that, that's a real thing. Obviously, you know, with those of you that are reaching out, you're telling me that you've experienced the same things with your leadership and your administrations, you know, throughout your departments all across the country. Well, to me, 
the things I don't have when when I talk to friends and everything that that suffer from any kind of PTSD, they have trauma, they've dealt with stuff. Everybody has different different triggers, different past, different histories, traumas that that completely pertain to just them. Now, a lot of us may share some of the same, but for me, you know, I, I state all the time, it's not it's not the calls I ran. It's not the things that I've seen in my career and all that stuff that get me frustrated, that trigger different emotions inside me. That's that's truly not it. For me, it is the lying and deceptive behaviors of fire administrations. It truly is. It puts me in a bad, a bad mental place, to be completely honest. When fire chiefs start making making promises or Anything like that, anything, just outright landish lies to protect themselves when it's shit that just doesn't even make sense to even lie about, when it's completely hanging your guys out to dry for no no reason, absolutely no, no reason, when the lies coming out of your mouth make no sense. You know, I use an example to people when I, when I talk about this subject to people in person, being in different relationships, I'm sure everybody you know has been in in some intimate relationships where one or the other lied, and you get caught up in some stuff and everything. But basically, an example I use for people is when you're with somebody or you're around somebody that you're looking up at the sky, and it's a super clear, super clear sky, blue, blue, no clouds, no rain, no nothing. You're like, man, that's a that's a beautiful blue sky, and they look at you and they say, it's not blue. And you're looking up at it, and you're like, yeah, I'm not colorblind. The shit's blue. And they will literally boldface lie to you about something you can see. Clear as day, your experience, it is fact. It is 100% fact. And they will lie to you just to be lying to you. That is the example that I'm talking about of what will truly drive me insane. And how it kind of got to that point is the story that I'm about to tell you. So I worked at a fire department. And, of course, you, some of you have heard me talk about that the fire chief that I was working for was a firefighter paramedic for one year on an ambulance. Got in good with the mayor. Whatever happened, happened. He ends up the fire chief, okay? I do not recommend that to anybody because you have put your career at jeopardy so much to keep that mayor happy that your entire career will be unsuccessful. You may make it. You may make it the other 19 years, but... The level of lies and deceptions and toxicity that you have to live in to keep that job, just don't do it. Do your time, get your experience, promote the right way for the right reasons, okay? So this individual, we had a lot of payroll issues when it came to that department, which is hence why I'm not there anymore. There was different circumstances in which you know the mayor at one point took all rank pay away from, from the police department and the fire department. Just went in and said, everybody's getting paid entry-level firefighter and entry-level police officer. There's no captain pay. There's no EO pay. There's no district chief pay. There's no sergeant, lieutenant, all that in the PD. It was strictly the fire chief and the police chief got paid something, then everybody else got entry-level pay. And then, of course, this happened the year of COVID. So as you can all imagine, calls are going through the roof. You're upstaffing. You're already short-staffed. You're trying to mount out different 
ambulances and, and just a complete nightmare. And basically what it all comes down to is you're working a shitload of overtime, which now is overtime at for me at firefighter rate rather than at my my captain rate where it should be because at that point I, I had been a four or five year captain. Well, this individual allowed for all that to happen. He didn't, you know, just never fix the problem, never went to bat, took care of himself because he didn't want to make waves because of his career. Well, the story that I'm going to tell you about about how someone can truly drive you to to a point of making no sense. At one point throughout the city uh, that I was working at the city, the mayor decided it was a good idea. Basically, what they did was, of course, for the people with, that worked in the city that pay child support through the Texas Attorney General's office, they take that shit out of your check and then they send it to the account and then it goes to the parents that it needs to go to for the children. Okay, whatever. So at this time, I was having, you know, the child support stuff come out of my check. Comes out of my check. They're supposed to send it to the uh, attorney general's office. I don't think anything else about it, right? Well, I get notified that I'm in what they call arrears, which means they haven't gotten their money. This rocks on for like several paychecks to the point where now I am in the going to get a warrant out for my arrest realm because that's the way that shit works. Plus, not to mention, once you get 30 days in arrears, it hits your credit, which is actually how I got notified. My credit score dropped insanely, and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? Like, you know, you kind of know if you go and buy something or you miss a payment or whatever, it's, you kind of have a notice. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I didn't have a notice. It just hits. Boom. My credit score drops. My experience alerts me, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on? Just go on there and look, and they're like, uh, you know, you are in collections for your child support payment, blah, 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 blah. So I go on to my state log in and I look it's showing that I'm missing several payments. I'm like, what the fuck? So I go and I pull my check stubs, look at my check stubs and money came out and it didn't go anywhere apparently. So go down to assistant chief's office. Cause that's my chain of command. Go to this chief office. I'm like, Hey chief, you know, this is going on. He's like, Oh yeah, that ain't good. Um, let me get the fire chief in here. So he calls the fire chief, fire chief comes in. So mind you, I'm holding my check stubs showing where, it came out of my check, and I'm looking at my account on my cell phone. And this is where people need to, where boundaries should be set uh, for what you're you know, willing to accept. And this is where mine was. So I show the chief, and he commences to arguing with me. No, the, they paid it. So no, they didn't, chief. They did not pay it. Look, here's my account. And I'm showing them, you know, and this is a pretty heated exchange. And I'm like, Chief, you understand, like, there could be a warrant out for my arrest because of this. This is unacceptable. And he's going back and he is completely defending the mayor at all costs. And I'm showing him absolute proof that the money has not been paid. Well, what normal people would probably do at that point when the fire chief starts getting pissed at you is a lot of people cower and, you know, they're going to just, okay, Chief, well, can you figure it out for me? Blah, blah, blah. No, hell no. So, you know. I call my attorney. My attorney sends an email to the fire chief like, hey, this shit is real, dude. Like, this is not a political game for you to protect your career. This is real shit. And, of course, the example I'm giving ended up getting resolved. Uh, And, of course, you know, the money got sent and everything went to where it was supposed to and all that. But bottom line was, is had I not caught that and had I not gone and raised that level of stink, 
the situation wouldn't have would not have gotten fixed and the other individuals that work for the city that the mayor was doing the same thing for if their department heads weren't willing to stand up then there's people could have gone to jail behind me just not saying anything because i was fearful of standing up that's a real thing that was a real example the shit happened 100% that's the level of some of these administrations and leaders that we are having to deal with currently in the fire service. I know multiple, multiple, multiple examples of people that I've worked with or talked to that have dealt with the same level of stuff. And what it takes is an individual that is truly willing to stand up for what's right and to say, I don't care about your rank. I don't care about your position. You're going to go fix this because it's the fucking law. You're going to go fix this because it's the right thing to do. And the great thing is, is the assistant chief, he is a phenomenal individual. Y'all have heard me talk about him before. He was he was backing me up. He was yelling at the fire chief, like, do you understand this man could go to jail so you and the mayor can cover this shit? I mean, it was, it was a mess. But I just want people to understand that when I start talking about truth and honesty and integrity and all this, like, these are real-life examples of, of times in my life where I have had to, to truly draw that line in the sand and say, no, you're not crossing this boundary. You're not doing this shit to me. I don't care about what rank you hold, what rank I hold. We At this point, we're both human beings living in this country. And for me, in that particular instance, that's me being a dad. That means that that money's not going to my child because a mayor wants to take it. Now, there's a whole lot more to that story about different things with the monies and all that, and I'll get into that all at a further date. I know why the mayor was taking the money. But bottom line is, if you're not willing to stand up for yourself, who's going to? If you're not willing to stand up for your kid, who's going to? If you're not willing to stand up for your wife, who's going to? Is your position and rank worth those boundaries like that? That is a true boundary of theft. And deceitfulness that would have been broken had I just turned my back and say, well, you know, I really, I don't want to make waves because I don't want to lose this job. I hear that from so many people. You know, I've had examples throughout my career, experiences throughout my career where different things needed to be done and people are all gung-ho to back you up until it comes basically, uh, for lack of better terms, until it comes to the nut cutting. And then everybody's like, oh, well, I got a mortgage. Oh, well, I got a wife and kids. I got a car note. That is why, folks, that the country is in the position that it's in and why we're all hurting is because everyone is scared to death to just say, no, you're not crossing this boundary with me. I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to allow you to steal from me. I'm not going to allow you to lie to me when I'm looking Point blank, right here at the facts. And you're going to tell me that that the sky is not blue. That's something I want people to really think about. That shit's happening. It's happening every day in every single one of our lives. People will, will lie for no reason. There's really no, like... There's no true advancement from that shit. Besides going, like in that instance, the city gets fined. I believe the AG 
uh, ends up for every day that a payment has been taken out and not paid, the state will actually fine that municipality or that employer like $1,000 a day in a fine. So there, it's not good financial-wise. It's not a good decision to do that. It was. Ju- it's just purely because people want to push limits of boundaries. So, you know, everybody really needs to sit down, especially with the with the climate country-wise that we're going into, regardless of what political side you lean. That's that's not my business. I don't care. Like I've said before, we're all going into a lot of uncertainty. There's things happening worldwide. There's things happening with our money. There's things happening with our culture, with our kids, with everything. There's things that are in the works that may not be shit that you agree with. But what you need to figure out is, is, is if you agree with it, don't agree with it, are you going to allow it? Are you going to allow whatever someone else believes in or is willing to do? Are they, you going to let them come in your house and force it on you? That's, that's on a personal level. On a fire department level, are you going to allow for somebody to force you to make an unethical decision or to force you to do something that crosses a boundary and at what cost you know some another another story that I, I want to share because I'm kind of really in the middle of it and I do uh I do want to I'm gonna be a little discreet on this because I'm I'm still currently going through it but one of the reasons why my shows haven't been flowing as much as I wanted and I haven't been able to have the guests on that I wanted is kind of some of the things that I've been personally going through within my career. So I've made moves throughout my career. I've changed departments. I've done different things, gone to different places, whether it was for higher call volume or, you know, grass is greener on the other side type instance, you know, getting promised things, promised positions, um, you know, like I talked about on the last show with the whole battalion chief, incident and all that all those kind of things don't always make the best decisions i'll I'll own that well one of the main reasons why i am not afraid if you will i'm not ashamed of changing jobs or whatever is is when people when employers are willing to cross boundaries with me when employers are willing to try to compromise my integrity of who i truly live by then then I'm out. I mean, that's just a reality. So, you know, very recently, a company that I've been working for decided to do that. Uh, I drew a line in the sand. I stood up for myself on what I truly believed in. I was not willing to go along with one of their business practices. And ultimately, what it's ended up doing is costing me my job. Um, So, you know, with that, I've been going through, you know, the hiring process and doing stuff, trying to have to change uh, change avenues and everything like that. And that's just part of it. I'm not going to get super in depth into everything, but just know that the things that I talk about on this show, I truly live by. So for those of you that, you know, I, this following has been, has been very amazing to me. People that, that have messaged me, former coworkers. I had one of my old rookie firefighters message me yesterday telling me, you know, and it, it kind of, it blew, you know, just absolutely blew my mind of the fact I haven't actually worked with him and going on five years now, but he was saying how, you know, he looked up to me whenever we were on a crew together and we worked together and all that. But then this podcast has kind of reignited um, his learning and, and his following of me and all that kind of stuff. And, and it really touched my heart in the fact of 
there are people around you that watch you. There's people that use you in as an example. Whether it's good or bad, you're a role model to somebody, whether it's your kids, whether you know it's your coworkers, especially in this business of being a firefighter. If you're a senior fireman, then that rookie's looking up to you. If you're an EO, then that senior and that rookie are looking up to you. If you're the captain, then the whole crew looks up to you. If you're a battalion chief, district chief, then your whole district is looking up to you, and so on and so forth, all the way up the chain. So the examples that you set need to be true and need to be honorable and need to be by code. They they need to be driven with integrity. That's the only way that we can build a... And, and maintain a healthy relationship with the community and a healthy relationship with each other. And so just know that when I'm on here and I'm giving these examples and giving these experiences, it's not like all this stuff just happened in the past. I flipped a switch and now everything's great. We all have ups and downs. We have rough times. This is the journey of life is ebbs and flows and a roller coaster sometimes. You have times that you're up. You have times that you're down. You have times you're kicked in the fucking mouth over and over and over again by people that don't want to do right, by people that want to lie to you and use you and take your experience to build their own resumes or to build their own team and their own department, and then they throw you out. That's just a reality. It happens to all of us all the time. How many of you have been in a relationship with somebody and they used you for you know your money? Or they used you just as a stepping stone to get to somewhere else. I mean, there's a million examples that we all go through, and it truly is up and down all the time. You have your your peaks and your valleys. But just know that throughout those times, whenever you're living and you're going through those peaks and valleys, you need to you know recognize that and, and realize that it's not the end of the world. And the best way to realize that for me, and what I've, in my experience, what works for me is when I have those boundaries set and I know that I have, have done exactly as I believe in the, the ideas and the, you know, the principles in my life, as long as I stick with those, even when things get tough, even when times get hard, even when there's a million uncertainties, when you don't have a job, when you, you know, there's a lot of just just bad shit around you, but you know that you did right. There's freedom in it, there's peace in it, and there's happiness in it. You you know, for us, we love being firemen. I love being a fireman. May not get to be one forever. I may have to make a judgment call that cost me my career. That happens. It happens to every single one of us. But if you know you made the right decision by your crew, you made the right decision by the community, then you go home and you're fine. Yeah, times financially, you'll have to kind of figure it out and stuff like that. And I've been through that. It's not, that's not just me blowing smoke and, and everything. Like I've been down to the point where I made a judgment call for my, my crew and I lost my job and I had to sell my shit and was down to having my car. I lived in, moved in with my parents with a kid, moved in with my parents and was at the point where I was going to get a job at a gas station because that's the only option that I had. And then two days later, I'm getting a phone call from an assistant fire chief that had heard what happened. He picks up the phone, calls me, and he says, hey, Meredith, I heard uh, heard you was hunting a job. I said, well, as a matter of fact, I am. He said, I heard what happened. 
uh, are you okay? And I said, well, you know, it's uh, it was kind of a shock. It, you know, blah, 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 blah. Give him the, a little bit of the rundown. And he said, well, what are you doing tomorrow? And I said, well, you know, I'm dropping my kid off at school and, and you know, then going to job hunt. He said, come see me. I said, sir. He said, come see me. And so I did. Drove to Houston from my house about three hours. Drove down there, walked in the door, and the man had a job for me. And that all comes back to what I was saying about the cowboy culture, the Western culture, and all that. When you have that level of integrity, the work ethic, the courage, and everything that goes along with that, and people know it, they'll they'll call you. They'll know they can count on you. And people will bring you in. It may not be overnight. You know, it may not... You, it may not be that exact story. I was very fortunate in that. But just know that that you may end up having to test at a department everything, and, and people will ask you, well, what happened to such and such? And I've had this happen. Well, you know, there was a line drawn in the sand. There was some, some bad choices that were going on by the administration that I didn't believe with ethically, and I had to make a judgment call. So... I decided to leave there, or I am deciding to leave there. That's why I'm applying here. Well, what happened? Well, you know, all you got to do is go look at Google. Go Google that department. You'll see. And nine times out of ten, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I heard about that. I know about that. And so it it happens. You know, these these examples of different situations, they happen. It's not fun. It's not like it's easy. There, uh, you know, there's heartache, there's heartbreak that happens with it. There's letdowns. Uh, there's times that you're like, man, fuck, how many times this shit got to happen to me? There's times that you're enraged, you're pissed. You get this, you know, for me, uh, anger that builds up. It starts crawling. You can, I, I can. I can feel it coming up and you're doing everything you can do to just hell not knock the fuck out of somebody. That'll happen. That happens to us, especially those of us, you know, that are in this kind of business and have an alpha type personality and we're used to being aggressive and going after and getting it and fighting fire and, and being that type of personality. That really is a real life problem. You know, some people have that level of aggression and I happen to be one of them. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that, but you'll have all those different feelings, but you just have to know that when you make make a judgment call and you're being guided by your principles that you set, you know, you set, you go in, sit down, like I said, and make a list of the things in your life that are important. If it's you want to, you know, honor and love your wife every day. If you're married and you said vows and you want to honor and love your wife every single day, then no matter what, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to allow the damn, the, the badge money or whatever to creep into your relationship. You're not going to allow it. You're going to make sure that that shit gets shut down. If you have a guiding principle in your life that you want to be an amazing father, then you will wake up every day, even when you're tired, even when you don't want to and all that. You make sure that you make the effort to be a good dad that day. If it's you want to be the best fireman ever, then you make sure that every day you go to work, you're checking off your shit. You're making that, making sure if you, you know, you coming in, you're not half-assing it. You're coming in and checking your air pack. You make sure your bottle is totally topped off. You make sure that shit's at 45, not at 42 or 4,000, because you may want that extra half dozen or dozen breaths, depending on you know what your air consumption, everything like that. 
you may want those last breaths because that may be what makes the difference between you living and that citizen living or your partner on the truck living. Not you coming in there and half-assing it. You make sure that your gear is set up for you to go. You make sure that you're physically fit to do the job. If you are having some medical issues or whatever and you need to get them worked out, then go get them worked out. But make sure that if you want to be a badass fireman, that you're a badass fireman. If you want to be an amazing leader, then you be an amazing leader. And the number one part of that is if you are a leader, not a fucking boss, a leader is someone that puts their crew before them. They put others before them to make sure that they are taken care of and they make sure or that you make sure that the team is winning. That is a good leader. Read every book in the world that you want to. They'll name it a million different things. They'll call it a million different things. But bottom line is, is a good leader is someone that their team, that they're leading, is winning. A shitbag has a losing team. A shitbag cares about themselves and their career and their advancements and their promotions and all that shit. That's that's a shitbag. So if, if that's what you want to do, if those are the goals that you set forth in yourself, then establish, establish the boundaries, establish your code and your principles to get you there. Whether it's fire-related, whatever, any aspect of your life, or you can do like I do and, and have it all encompassed where it crosses all lines. But you have to sit down and get that shit straight in your head. and I mean, write it down. Write it down so that you remember it. And then when someone comes into your life that violates one of those, cut them out. There's, you know... What are we up to? Like 9 billion people in the world? You don't need a, f- a fucking liar. There's 350 million Americans in this country and growing every day, apparently. You don't need another liar. You don't need another user. You don't need another manipulative person in your life that causes chaos in your life that leads to your life not being successful, to your team, whether it's at the station or at your house, to your team surrounded around you to be unsuccessful. You don't need that. Cut them out. If it costs you a job, then it costs you a job. But you know, and I know that's a hard pill for people to swallow. I know everyone has house payments. I know everybody's got car payments. I do. You, you have to stand and realize that it's this is real life. You know, in my intro, I talk about this is real life. We're going to talk about these things that are controversial. Well, this is it. If you're willing, to, if if you're willing to just let anybody do everything, then where's your line? Where's your line in the sand? Where is your point where you make a difference? And that sometimes the only way you make a difference is by standing up for what's right, by standing up against someone that, that refuses to do right. That's how you make a difference. As firefighters, we want to make a difference. We want to help the community, and we want to take care of each other. Well, that's by far the best way that you can do it. So that's kind of my examples for for what I, I wanted to talk about and kind of building into how to establish trust for you, trusting yourself and for others to trust you is by setting those boundaries. It really is. I truly believe that. I know that the people that I have in my life, the relationships that I have, the team I have around me, they know. Like, uh, you know, my family jokes with me all the time, like, well, we know lines that Heath won't cross. We know that there's shit that you. <laughs> There's there's lines that uh, uh, people will not allow to cross. Like Heath is not going to allow this, and it it really gives it makes you where you're not you know wishy washy. 
Someone that's wishy-washy, people don't trust them. Someone that's steadfast in their beliefs against all odds, people trust them. They, you know where you stand with them. And really, I think if, uh, if as a fire service and as a country and, and all, we kind of established even a baseline of that, we would be a better, a better society overall. But as a cowboy, that is one of the main things about them. That is one of the their codes is being steadfast in in all their beliefs. So I hope that that's uh, informative to some. There's different aspects of that that everybody can incorporate into their own lives. Like I said, you don't have to be as extreme on it as I am. Just just build a baseline for yourself. Build a baseline for what you want to believe in. And I think we'll we'll all be better off, and it'll just be uh, a lot better direction. So. Well, I'm going to go to bed. I got to get up early here in a little bit to head back to uh, to work and finish out strong at, at the, the job that I'm currently at. Continue to thank every single one of you. It means the world to me. It really does. I know I keep saying that, but I'm, I'm truly blown away by the fact that, that so many of you take time out of your day to listen to what I have to say and hopefully learn from me. Take what you, what you want, put it in your toolbox and, and build your own lifestyle to be successful. Build your own team to be successful. So we still uh, we still have some shirts available. I am uh, out of out of a couple sizes in the uh, in the tack podcast shirt, the launch shirt, but getting ready to uh, to make an order, another order of that. Just really kind of trying to figure out the whole work thing, and then I'm going to get get on that and get it ordered. I, I got a quick turnaround, so it shouldn't be too long for for that to get back. But I really appreciate every single one of you that have ordered shirt, and, and I encourage everyone else that's listening to this go ahead and order a shirt. That's how uh, how you could support us at this time is to order the shirts. Um, like I've explained before, the the Condemned Saint, the TAC Fight Team shirt, it's supporting Captain RJ Nepp and his pro boxing career and everything going towards his training and promotions and, and everything that goes along with that. He had a badass fight back in February. It was his, his uh, professional debut. Minute and a half knockout. It was a, it was a badass night. We're looking forward to another one. He's training right now. He's actually, I talked to him the other day and He's uh he's gotten back on on a motorcycle. He's doing a little bit of motocross again. <laughs> the dude's just phenomenal. He's always always finding something to keep himself engaged and to keep pushing pushing the limits. And as a firefighter, you know that's that's kind of something that some of us had to do to have that hobby to escape to to kind of quiet a little bit of the chaos. And that's that's what he's doing. But I encourage everyone to go and listen to his shows if you haven't. It's from from the rig to the ring one and two. Just go check those shows out. Kind of get to know him, and then you'll understand like what buying the shirt uh, means and and what you're supporting. And I highly encourage that because it really is we're 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 doing things. We're trying to make a difference, and we're really trying to help the fire service have a lot of things really in the works with my team. And basically, what it's going to come down to is the capital bill to do so. We're just you know a small business, and we're building. That's that's just a fact of it. That's what we have going on. And I appreciate every single one of you that is uh, along for the ride and part of the team to help support us. So y'all go ahead and uh, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. has a lot of this information on there. It's got a, a link to the podcast. It has a little bio about me, just a, a little bit of short bio about me and my career. It's got a page for, for RJ where when he starts having his, his uh, fight schedule and everything, I'll be able to upload his calendar, any kind of promotional events that we have going on. I'll be able to upload all that to it. 
I saw the other day when I launched the website, I encourage a lot of you go on there and subscribe to join the team. You go in and plug your email. I'm working on getting a newsletter together and start kind of sending out a little bit of more written style formatted information or upcoming events. Well, it's really starting to thunder. Any kind of upcoming events and everything like that, I'm going to be able to put that on the newsletter. And I've seen a ton of you have gone on and signed up for that. That's absolutely phenomenal, taking all that down and, and putting it in. But I encourage you all to go on there, put your email in. I'm not going to spam you with a bunch of bullshit. That's not what I'm trying to do. I just want to make it where I can send more direct. The Facebook page is growing very rapidly, and I know that when I post something, it's not part of your actual news feed. You may miss something. If we have an event or something pops up that we're going to go schedule and, and be at, I don't want you to miss that. If it's somewhere in your area, I'll be able to shoot that out through the emails and be able to let you know and kind of put our calendar out there because we really do have a lot of stuff that we're building towards and and getting going. I've been contacted by a lot of you about different ideas. People contacting me and wanting to know what I think about different situations they have going on. And I'm going to offer the best advice that I can. Like I said, you know, uh, a lot of times in my career, I've made decisions and I didn't look back. And sometimes it really benefited me. Sometimes it costed me. But that's just part of part of life and part of growing. And if there's a situation that I can help you with, then I'm all about helping and, and giving my ideas that, that I think could be solutions for whatever it is that you're going through. Or like some of my friends have contacted me and thought about what I think about them promoting or this, that, and the other. And you know, I'm going to give my honest feedback to anybody that uh, that asks me questions. Don't you know? Don't ask me my opinion if you don't truly want my opinion. So everybody, stay safe out there. There's a, a lot of a lot of craziness kind of starting to build throughout the country. I want everybody to to really understand that you know it's not it's not always going to be this way. Things are not always things are not always rough. There's a lot of ups and downs in life. You you've all been through it. You've all gone from being kids and rode the roller coaster and and we're really all in this together especially if you're part of this this third alarm cowboys we really are in this together i really take every single comment that i see all of you i take all that to heart and i try to respond i'm very proud to be founder of this and, and putting this together and, and building this community i thank you all again and i'm going to head off to bed we'll see you all in the next one Like them, I'm lost.